So for those who don't know, I'm talking to Bonnie Boy Bedingfield, who was on uh, Halloween Wars. And for those who might not know or live under a rock, can you tell me a little about yourself and all yeah, that good stuff? Yeah, uh, born and raised in good old Noonan, Georgia. Um, went away from college. I moved around a good bit and then came back here to start a family. Um, but I, I did go to school for an art degree and wound up using it in a completely different capacity so to speak. So I actually intended to use my art degree to paint. I taught uh, taught art after school, and I did some shows in an art gallery, but had my first child and decided all those fumes were probably not great for a pregnant woman. Sure. So made a cake, and here I am. Okay. Was that the Nemo one? Uh, well, I mean, I made your standard grandma cakes. Okay. I still make granny cakes is what I call them, uh, but Nemo was the first sculpted Cake. And when was that? Mm, probably 14 years ago. Okay. How did that yeah. kind of come about then? I mean, if that was like your first one, was that for your... It was for my niece. It was for your niece. Okay. Yeah. She she wanted... I don't even think she was old enough to want a cake, <laughs> but Nemo was the theme. And I, my sister was like, whatever you want to do. And then I thought, well, I'll sculpt it. Why not? Yeah. Even though, I, I, by the way... Three-dimensional art, hated it, avoided it in college. Okay. But I think that's more of a, a texture, textile thing. I didn't want to touch it. I, there's something <laughs> icky to me about clay. It's so dry. Yeah, yeah. So, um, But this is completely different. Okay. So how was the first experience doing that? I'm sure, I mean, there was a lot of new things, but I'm sure it was all... Yeah, well, uh, what I didn't know is very basic. Uh, when you stack a heavy cake on top of another one and you don't put support under it, it sinks in. <laughs> So Nemo kind of squished down into the lower layer, but you couldn't see it. So, but I knew I was like, oh, am I supposed to do something under there? That's what dowels are for. And then there's a board beneath the cake that supports it. So it's just one of those things you don't think about unless you're making cakes all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, with a lot of that, you're pretty much self-taught, right, with this, though? Oh, yeah. Everything's trial and error. I mean, the world of YouTube opened up some doors for me, but that was kind of like a newish thing when I started. But I would say, uh, yeah, no, everything I do is self-taught, including the baking. Yeah. Well, in terms of like that, I guess... you're, You're learning as you go. So how are you... I don't know. Are you not getting too frustrated with... You know, learning as you go in terms of mistakes and stuff like that. I mean, if you're learning on your own, how far along are you getting before something kind of goes wrong? And what do you do when you hit a wall? Oh, nobody's ever <laughs> asked me that before. Uh, I've never had a cake where something didn't go wrong. And I never realized that until you said it. But that's part of, I think that's part of the draw for me is that you have to think fast and you have to fix it. But a, lo- a lot of it is hiding stuff. Okay. I mean, even when you look at cakes stacked up and there are borders around it, you have a border for a reason. It's hiding, you know, the the cake board or whatever. So it's all the finishing touches that bring it together. But it is uh, it is a trick. So people don't see your mistakes because there's you're going to have mistakes. That's just inevitable, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so after your first sculpted cake, did how how often were you doing more in terms? I mean, were people it was a I mean, everything's been kind of word of mouth with you anyway from the yeah. beginning. So how many were you kind of doing after that? I mean, was it just, you know. It was kind of strangely constant. 
I was never not working, I don't think. Really? It, yeah, I mean, I would post a cake on Facebook back in the day, and everybody would be, ooh, that's really cool. I didn't know that you did that. Yeah, me either. And then, well, can you make this cake for so-and-so? So I did a lot of kids' birthday cakes. Yeah. And then somewhere along the line, I fell into doing like really intricate sculpted mm-hmm. stuff that defied gravity. Yeah. So that was like the next step for me. It was like granny cakes to a sculpted cakes to like Nemo and Dory and all of those yeah. things. And then, you know, I progressed to what Beatles use or whatever. Yeah, sure. And so during that time of, of I guess, making those earlier cakes, you're learning as you go. And what are some of the main lessons you're learning along the way, just in the beginning? in terms of your workflow? Uh, I mean, like how to use fondant. What's the difference between fondant and modeling chocolate? Can you paint with, you know, you know those little, uh, those ink things that you use for Easter eggs? Yeah. Okay, can you paint with those food coloring? Yeah. No, you can't. You have to have gel. And then oh. this works with this and this doesn't work with this. And can I use alcohol to dilute? You know, it's like, how can these materials withstand different types of, paint or whatever I'm using. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. And there's a lot of chemistry involved too, right? I mean, speaking of my father-in-law, I mean, there's days that he can't, like he tried to bake a caramel cake for my son's birthday when the humidity was just off the charts. And as a result, it was not a normal looking piece of work. Oh yeah. So I mean, fighting the humidity <laughs> here is awful. Okay. Even with buttercream, you know, okay. Sculpted cakes, mostly fondant. I've grown into preferring modeling chocolate, but the heat here can't stand it. So it's like a lose-lose situation. And then I thought, well, what if I mixed them together? Mm-hmm. Completely different medium. And it works. Did it work? Okay. Yeah, but you still have to be careful with the heat. But even with buttercream, gosh, every single cake I make blows a bubble. I don't know <laughs> if you've ever seen no, a cake uh-uh. blow a bubble, but they do. And it's the humidity here and it's it's the air trying to come out of the cake. All that moisture gets trapped in there. So I finally learned if you if you stick a long um what do you what do you call those? Like a dowel through it and lift it out and it gives it a scape route. Mm-hmm. I thought, Oh my gosh, the cake will dry out, but it doesn't. And then therefore I don't have bubbles. So over time these little things but that one took me like Twelve years to figure out. Really? Yeah, I go set up a wedding cake, and then I'd see this giant bubble form, and it's like you can't avoid it here in the South. Sure. Well, and speaking of with the heat too, mm. I mean, I know that transport's a huge part of no. the job. So even after, I guess the kitchen is somewhat controlled, even with the humidity being a variable. If and I know you and Jason go pretty far sometimes to drive these kegs. Uh-huh. How, how do you? That seems like a very nerve-wracking experience to try to transport stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm after traveling with like, okay, I'd say that the well, let me let me backtrack. I've had one cake fail, which turned into two, but they're kind of the same. <laughs> but I'm, I made the leg lamp cake mm-hmm. uh, for my brother for the gallery here in town, and I got not even a mile down the road, and I heard it crack and fall, and I thought, well, so. Having had that happen, and then the notorious leg lamp from TV, sure. we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> but, you know, when you travel with stuff like that versus like a three or four tier wedding cake, mm-hmm. those wedding cakes don't, they're not as scary for me because I know their structure they're and I know it's like small to big and it's heavy mm-hmm. on the bottom. When you're carrying something that's sculpted, there's so much room for error. And then usually we're traveling for hours. Yeah. So, 
the deer head hanging on the wall, we used every seat belt and like maneuvered it around the edges yeah. of the board and it made it. But those are the ones I'm like, please have a drink waiting for me when I get to the venue. Yeah. What do you, I mean, do you keep the car like super cold? Mm-hmm. Like keep the air conditioning Yeah, actually, frank? I turn it on. It's like a transporting you know, like blood. 20 minutes before we go. <laughs> right. I, I need those coolers. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> or I need those signs for my car. I have found that if you put the cake on board sign, yeah. people don't care. I think they probably have no idea what you're talking about. No, well, or they're more of a, oh, well, let's mess with this person. Oh, yeah. Now you got a target on your back. Yeah, especially in Atlanta. Oh gosh, you got to navigate that. Yeah, Ooh. I don't. I don't like Atlanta deliveries. Fr- Friday night, well, I should say Friday five o'clock rush hour traffic delivering to the Fox Theater in the Ooh. rain, and there's no parking for cake deliveries. So you park on the main road in front of it. What is it, Peachtree Street? I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, block up traffic, and I wrapped. This is like a five tier cake. It looked like Aunt Edna because I put like trash bags over it to protect it from the rain because there are no boxes for no. these. All right. Stop traffic, like 300 pounds. It was bad. And you can't, and I guess the stupid question, you can't just disassemble parts and then reassemble them at the venue? That's, or? No, that's a good question because normally that's what I do. Even with the huge cakes that I sculpt, I have to take into consideration transport. So it's like Legos. Yeah. Okay, so how can I fit these three things together so when I get there I can put them together and I can travel with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of thinking. <laughs> we love thinking. Yeah. <laughs> What's the furthest you've you've gone and by car to transport a cake? You think? Uh, Florida and back just recently. And back. In one day, yeah, we went down and back. Oh my gosh, where? Hmm. Uh, 30A area. And back. Yeah. What was that like? Well, I mean, I Jason, the way back's probably a lot Jason easier. and I never <laughs> go anywhere alone anymore. Yeah. So it was kind of like we had a whole day, which was nice. I mean, our kids are old enough to hang and we know they're sure. not going to burn the house. Yeah, down. yeah, yeah. So we took our time. We stopped and ate and, you know, we wanted to stay overnight, but it just didn't work out. But that cake wasn't a bad transport. It was pretty sturdy. It was just the Georgia Stadium. Yeah. So it wasn't like. You know, deer head on the wall. Yeah. What's probably one of the most complicated ones that you've had to transport? The one that I always think about is, I guess, was it like a mantle that you made? Yeah. That well, that was, was the one I was thinking about mentally. How am I going to transport how all the moving pieces of this? Yeah. Yeah. It was a fireplace, and it was basically life size. And then yeah. there was a sleeping lab dog in front of it. It had walls and paintings on the walls. It had sugar fire in the fireplace, and then. I think it had a map above it. Like I was trying to create a um, like an installation art piece okay. with it. So yeah, but the mantle wasn't big enough. I mean, the mantle was too big to fit in my car. But also noteworthy, I didn't think about when we brought the board in to create this. We tipped it on the side to get it through the door. Well, when we went to leave, you can't flip it to the side. I couldn't get out of my oh, house. Oh my gosh. We were like, oh, my God, get the saw out. What are we going to do? So Jason, like, took some doors off the hinges. We had to walk. Like, we live on a a hillside. (laughs) So we had to call over all the neighbors. They helped lift this thing. I had to walk around the side of the house, like, on the cliff, and then finally get it into my van. We had taken, like, all the seats out of it. And, yeah, so another learning lesson. Trial and error. Make sure your board's going to fit through the door when you're done. Cake extraction. (laughs) I mean, holy yeah. cow. Getting it out of the house, that's always 
a good step. Im- <laughs> you got to get that part done. Well, then I then I started thinking. I think we had a four hour drive that day, and I called down there and I said, "Get a tape measure and measure your doors because it was a really right. old yeah. building, and the the door that we usually come through was not a double door." So I thought, what if we can't even get this thing into the venue? Yeah, that was stressful. Was that one of the biggest ones you've done? Yeah. I would imagine yeah, so. Yeah, that was the biggest one. That was really ambitious. Yeah. That was a lot. What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Every single time I do this, I'm like, first of all, what was I thinking? And second of all, how did I do that? Yeah. And don't ever ask me to do it again because that was like a freak accident. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you've made some interesting cakes. I mean, obviously... Uh, ours come to mind with the, the roach and the possum. Are there some things that you have declined to do in terms of just like, no, nah, I don't, I, that's, that concept's not going to work for me. Or are you just always like, sure, whatever, we'll, um, we'll make it, we'll figure it out. You're asking good questions. Um, I don't like to say no unless I just like can't do it yeah. for whatever reason, schedule wise. The hardest cakes for me to make are the ones that I'm not into, you know, sure, yeah, because it's an artistic sense. thing. Yeah. If I'm not jiving with it, then it's really hard for me to, yeah, I don't enjoy it as much and that stinks, yeah. but I want them to enjoy it. So I yeah. try to ride off of that energy, but yeah, that's tough. Yeah. It's tough to get going, but once I'm in it, I'm good. Motivation. For instance, the Lego cake I made for some, oh, somebody's yeah. birthday, not your son. <laughs> I about that. Oh God, that seemed tedious. Was yeah. it? Oh, yeah. It looked pretty boring. That was, uh, I wanted to claw my eyes out. And the thing is, he's not even really into Legos. I don't know how that came about. I don't know. <laughs> you know, actually, I don't mind Legos, but after I cut out the five millionth little dot. You get it. And We're they done. make molds for those, and I didn't know it, because I could have probably oh just. Oh, my gosh. You would have said hours. I don't know that that came after. I don't think they made the mold. And now I make my own molds. Yeah. I've learned. That's oh, another really? trial, and, trial and error. You yeah. can make your own molds for anything if you really need it. What do you make your molds from? Um, there's this this weird, goopy stuff that I buy, and you melt it down, and then you can basically put anything you want into a container and pour it over the top and mm-hmm. let it set, and then you cut into it and open it. And then you can remelt it over and over. Oh, wow. That's brilliant. Yeah. Okay. But I don't, truth be told... That's less artistic and creative to me. So unless it's something specific that they need that I can't recreate, mm-hmm. it gets the mold. Okay. Otherwise, anybody can do it. That's true. And I kind of pride off of all by hand. You know, even beer bottle labels, painted. Yeah. You know, nothing's... What's that extra step? Yeah, and I don't like to, to do the edible printables either unless I absolutely have to. What is like an edit printable? I mean, um, you use printable ink and a printer Yeah, and then you have edible paper and then okay. you can just print it out and it serves its purpose. But if I can paint it, I'd rather. Now, if you don't want to pay for that, then I'll do the edible image. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but most of the time people come to me because of that, you yeah, know, yeah, because course. I'm not going to print it. Right. No, so, I get it. Well, so I don't, we don't want to talk about the first TV appearance, but how did the first TV appearance come about? Um, they actually found me and I thought it was fake. So I got Instagram or something. Yeah. uh, Instagram has been a huge blessing for me. Um, yeah, I got a message on there. I'm so-and-so from this production company and we're casting for a food network show. And I thought, no, this is fake. And so I looked her up and she had a, what is it called? IMBD or yeah. Yeah. She had a page and I thought, okay, this maybe is. So 
I talked to her and she was like, yeah, we're really interested in what you do. And we think you would be good for this. Mm-hmm. And so she told me the show and I thought that was one of the the first cake shows that I'd ever seen that I kind of had a draw to and was interested in cakes. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was really cool. Yeah. And so um, I did some interviews and some online stuff. I, I had to fill out a whole bunch of paperwork. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't hear from them. And I thought, well, that's it. And then a week before I flew out, they called me and said, yep, we'd love to have you. You know, you're getting on a plane next week and bring your assistant with you. And I'm going, I don't have an assistant. What Holy cow. Like yeah. a week's notice. Yeah. Which is how it works. Now, that one was that was in Col- that was in that Denver? Was, that was in Colorado. I don't remember where. Okay. It wasn't Denver. I just don't remember. It's strange. So, I mean, why do you think that we, I don't know, it's just speculation. Everyone thinks that they're probably filming in like Los Angeles or something. Why do you think that they're out in the mountain area? Oh, they have different studios. Okay. Um, for that one, it depends on the production company, not not the network. Oh, okay. I think okay. from what I've gathered, I've learned a lot about that that sort of thing. Yeah. But they have one in Colorado, and they had one in New York. So the Colorado one was available. Okay. And it was just a, a huge. I think they ran a news program out of it. I don't know. It was just a huge place for stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then the, then they do have places in L.A. too. Um, because there was another show in between that I almost did, and it was out there, but COVID was a problem. Oh, yeah. That was right in the middle of it, wasn't it? And then Park City, the Park City one was the coolest sound system place I've ever seen. Yeah. And they film a lot of movies there. Oh, okay. So they had two major rooms, and they were filming filming Holiday Wars while we were doing Halloween Wars. So they would flip-flop. Those people worked nonstop. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's really not much downtime with those people. No, I don't know how they do it. Well, what was the big difference, uh, aside from, I guess, the outcome, between the first uh, appearance and the second one? What did you learn on the first one that you were able to kind of carry over to the second one, you think? I mean, just kind of how all of those things work. You don't – I mean, having never done it before, it's like – I had to get used to there's somebody in your face all the time. There's a producer in your face the entire time. And they're going, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Answer the questions while you're working. And then there's the camera guy who's in front of you the whole time. And then there's a director. The The first experience was just nuts because it was so far from anything. Yeah. I mean, I work in the middle of the night. I'm alone. alone. I'm quiet. Yeah. And that's when I do my best work. So that was a whole. And it was all on me. I didn't have. You have a team. Yeah. I didn't have a team of people who were experienced. I had my sweet sister, but she got sick. And so they called in somebody else that I didn't know, which wound up being amazing. Yeah. But, I mean, I wouldn't have done it any other way. I think I needed to have that experience before I went on to this one. Absolutely, yeah. Because it was less nerve-wracking. So, Yeah. All right. So how did the opportunity for Halloween Wars come up then? Was it kind of the same process? Yeah, it was, it was the same way. Okay. Uh, they reached out and said, this looks like something you'd be... But, but it was like, you could do... We're interested in you if you want to do this. We'll go through the process. You could either do Halloween Wars or Holiday Wars. And I was like, Halloween all the way. Yeah, That's my favorite. Yeah, yeah same. So um, I pushed for that. And then again, you don't hear from them. You don't hear from them. You don't hear from yeah, yeah. them book vacation they call we're flying you out next week i'm like no we haven't been on vacation in two years oh my gosh <laughs> i can't i can't yeah. leave um but i did i flew out a few days early and, okay because we had to do the whole week of quarantine and right 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 it was a different experience this time because 
you're dealing with that. You can't leave your hotel. You yeah. have you have handlers who follow you into the bathrooms, and they want to make sure you keep your mask on. You can't go eat dinner. You can't nothing. They bring For it to about you. a week. You said of that before things get going. No, you stay in your room without anybody. Yeah. For a week. Okay. And yeah. then you. Then you get the handlers. And then all you that. get. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. All right. So how long are we out there total, do you think? for Almost three oops, weeks. Three weeks. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what's what's like a typical filming day? Um. Well, before, I think I have to go back to before filming day because that's our prep day. Okay. Where we kind of line everything up and get everything ready to go. Whatever we think we may need. And um, that's about eight hours, but we're still going. I mean, just because you finished with your prep work, we would go back to the hotel and we would brainstorm all night long. Yeah. And then we'd get the call. Like, I'd get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. We would leave. They would bring us breakfast. And then filming would start. I don't know what time of day it started. But, you know, there's like the pre-shoot before everything happens. And then once they set the clock, it's set. And they don't turn it off. So, but they would do, the judges would come in and introduce what was going on. And they do those takes a few times. And that would take a couple hours and then film. And then what's crazy to me is the judging, we would each go in separately with our teams, but they would spend like an hour and a half to two hours with each. Judging would take hours and hours. Holy cow. So it was a long day, like 18 hours. Wow. So each uh, they have to spend that much time. And so it's obviously nothing's like you see it when it's presented, right? I mean. No, but I was kind of impressed with how, how you know, you wonder if they're going to kind of twist stuff oh, or yeah, whatever sure. yeah. because it's TV. They didn't. Okay. It's pretty straightforward. It's just like, what are you going to pick from eight hours and however many teams to fit into a 45-minute time block? Yeah. But they did well. I mean, they didn't make anybody look cra- I mean, they kind of called it for what it was. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, well, one thing that I thought about when I'm watching it is, I mean, considering the amount of creativity that goes into all these projects, it's quite a magic kitchen. Like, how do you, how do you get to the mm. point where you're like, you know what we really need? I mean, we need this, 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 this. And for some reason, it's there. That And that, that <laughs> was because one person, Jen, she was the culinary person and she did have problems because in park city, you don't have access to stuff you would in LA, which is where she's from. Oh, And we would request weird stuff. Sure. And she's like outsourcing people all over the state to like, go get it and bring it. But you know, we only have kind of 24 hours to be able to say, yeah. but on the other show I did, it was like, well, you didn't ask for it. So you don't get it. This, this production company was amazing okay. compared to yeah. kind of what I went through the last time. So if we were in the middle of it and we were like, oh my gosh, I can't do it without this, they would find it and they would get it to you as quickly as they could. So you'd have people like running around, scurrying around underneath yeah. your feet, <laughs> like putting stuff up for you so you'd have it. But yeah, they would do everything they could to get it. Okay. And they wanted us to be successful. Right. You know, they didn't want you to have your cake fall. And right, yeah. I mean, no one feels good about that. No, you know? I but mean, some shows would. Yeah. You know, that well, makes it a, more fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, you do have a certain element of that where you're like, uh-oh, like something's wrong. How do they How do they circumvent it or how do they fix it? You know, when a problem arises, there is good tension that comes from that where you're like, wow, how are they going to fix this? Yeah, you know, it's, like it's, we couldn't on our last one. We, right. We ran out of time, literally. Yeah. Um, but. I will say, and I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but like the first few episodes when when they're trying to kind of figure things out and stuff happens, they did 
allow a little bit of time because they want everybody to be successful. Yeah. But once they worked out those kinks, it was like, okay, guys, now you're, you're you, we've got to stick to this time period. And, and there were a few cakes that luckily after the seven hours was up, that's what they judged. But some of them fell apart, like right after the clock stopped. Yeah. Like the head fell off or oh my gosh. this crashed to the floor, yeah. but it didn't count. Cause so, I mean, that was lucky. Well, I know television truncates everything. Um, how long do y'all typically spend on when they give you the, okay, here's the concept, you know, you know, I guess whatever, pick one, you know, how long does it take y'all to draw it out? And then, I mean, cause on TV it's like, okay, the drawing's pretty much yeah. there and we're just kind of picking, fine tuning it. <laughs> Maybe I should leave that up to the imagination. Cause I don't know that I can talk about that. <laughs> Okay. It wasn't right there in that moment. I think we had an, an inclination as to what okay. what we may have needed to yeah. do. But, you know, TV magic. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. so It what, was quick. I can tell you that. It okay. was quicker than I could have imagined, wow. which is why we were up all night every single night. Because yeah. it was like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And you have to know everything that you're going to need so that you can let them know. That, you yeah. have to. Holy smokes. Well, uh, what, what is one of the biggest misconceptions people might have about how this works when they're watching it at home? Uh, that it's not real and that they've kind of amped it up to be more than it is. Okay. That was always my, and I think some should, I, I can, I can say this and I won't say what show it was, but, uh, Travis had participated in another one and they wanted to kind of up that dramatic energy. Mm-hmm. And so whatever they prepped for on prep day, people would come in and break it. So what? that when you were on set, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And you would be legitimately angry about it. Sure. Uh, they didn't do that with this. You know, this was it was going to be painful enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There would be plenty of drama regardless. Yeah. They didn't need to facilitate that. It right. Just so, I mean, I think people have asked me, you know, was there any, you know, drama or, or whatever? And it, you kind of see what it was. They didn't try to hide it. Well, when it people a, were scurrying around. Yeah. Well, the conditions themselves are dramatic enough. If you've got someone in your face, you know, just kind of don't mind me. And there's cameras. And I mean, it's just action, action, action. That's plenty of drama. Yeah, it is. And, and but this go round too, from my last experience, the producer that was in front of you actually wanted you to look at them and talk to them. Okay. So it was more organic. Okay. And the camera guys were a lot nicer. <laughs> the last one was like, my back hurts. This is awful. I hate my job. The whole way through, I was like, do you want to trade with me? Because you're making me lose my mind. <laughs> This time, like I made friends with, I'm still yeah. keep in touch with one of them because yeah. he was so cool and, and he really cared about what we were doing and mm-hmm. cheered us on and all the teams. So different experience altogether. Well, conditions like that will generally produce a very specific product. Like, I mean, if you've got favorable working conditions, typically the experience is going to be a lot better for everyone, not just the people that are doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, and kind of touching on what you were just saying, uh, you know, what people d- don't know and do know. The last time everybody thought when the leg lamp melted that we were in a tent and it was really hot. Yeah. We were in a sound studio to ma- made to look like a tent and it wasn't hot. It was just the circumstances. <laughs> what I forget and I, and I think about it now is where we were for Halloween Wars. It was probably like 40 degrees in there. That was a we question. We were freezing and all of the crew had on like these big giant coats and like earmuffs and gloves and yeah. we were over there like okay I need a tissue wipe your nose wipe your nose like if the camera got too close they're like wipe your nose because <laughs> everybody's noses were running wow yeah 
Because you would think with the soundstage, with all the lights, all that, mm-hmm. you know, you would that would be a consideration. But it's better for us that it's cold in of there course, with the cakes. Yeah, but yeah. we were like, the whole time. <laughs> so it was probably, I mean, from what we saw, some of your biggest challenges, obviously, with the last gig. What do you think was your biggest challenge this go round in terms of doing the show? Um, having the energy to last as long. I mean... It is. It was the most grueling. Like one of those cakes would be uh, the equivalent to one that I would spend a year planning on and doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I had two other experts with me. Yeah, that didn't make it any less grueling. And yeah. to try to do it in seven hours, and then you know you only get one day. And and with creative people, it's hard to like continuously put out good work and keep up that creative right. energy one day after the next. Yeah. When you're fighting exhaustion and, you know, it's tough. And now the team members, they're assigned. There's it's, you know, they just tell you who your team members are going to be. You've never seen them sign and seen. Do you when are you introduced to them? Uh, When they call and say, hey, congratulations, you made the show. We're flying you out next week. Um, We'll I think they said we'll let you know within three days. So three days later, they gave us the names of our teammates. Okay. And their email addresses, and then we stalked each other online, <laughs> and then we started setting up like Zoom calls and stuff okay. like that. And yeah, we kind of brainstorm. You know, what are you good at? What are you good at? So they try to set up each team so you have a sculptor, a sugar artist, and a chocolatier mm-hmm. or something of the sort. Yeah. So we were different because I was a sculptor, Travis, and a pastry chef. Yeah. Travis was like triple. He was pastry chef. He worked with sugar and he worked with chocolate. He claims to not really know too much about sugar work, but I'm calling BS on that because it was insane. Oh my gosh. The stuff that he was doing with the sugar was incredible. Right? So, um, and then Laura was able to do anything and everything. Mm -hmm. She's like, you know, you could put sugar work in front of her and she knows how to do it. Yeah. And, but she was important to us because she was calm and she could ground me. She could ground him and she could keep the thing running. She was super organized. Yeah. So she just kind of took care of, she took care of us yeah, and she made it happen. So, so yeah, I, one of the biggest strengths that we saw was just the fact that you had such a strong team. And -hmm. I mean, I think that goes a really long way in terms of personalities like you're talking about and Uh really helps with the success. Uh I mean, are all the people typically that you're involved with, I'm not asking to talk dirty about anybody, but I mean, are they all pretty much on the level that the people that you were kind of working with or were there some just kind of way out personalities or I don't know? No, I mean, I think what was, I enjoyed about it was I, honestly and sincerely liked everybody that was there. Yeah. I got along with everybody. You don't really get to know the people who were there at the beginning. I mm-hmm. mean, the longer you stick in it, the more you know people. Yeah. Um, but I was always, always had my eye on the French guy and Ed, the railroad worker and Shalane. Yeah. Um, like from the beginning. And it's also interesting. I'm kind of jumping around, but which cakes translated well on TV because some were insane in person right. and didn't look good really? on TV. Really? Okay. And um, their their first cake in person was like, oh, my gosh. And I saw it on TV, and I was like, that doesn't do it justice at no, all. I'm kidding. I never really thought about that. Yeah, and there were a few of our cakes that were like that, too. But And, and all of them, actually. Some just translated better than others. Yeah. But, yeah, no, personality-wise, Travis and I laugh because I'll give you some scoop. Travis and I are so funny because we're, we're both um, kind of strong-headed in the same way. Mm-hmm. 
Laura was like the in-between person, but Travis and I would laugh because like we had a hard time working together sometimes, but then we were the two that went, went to dinner together afterwards. Laura goes to bed at like five o'clock in the afternoon. So (laughs) Travis and I would hang out afterwards all the time. We were like, why can't we be like this when we're working together? And it's because we're both so serious about our craft. Sure. But yeah. Well, it's funny because I saw a thing, I don't know where it was, but it was a photo of you and almost, it seemed like almost all the rest of the teams, like uh-huh. having dinner, like this long time. Oh yeah. That was the night that we were, we were going home the next day, Yeah, but we weren't supposed to go out because of COVID. Oh. So, but towards the end, it was like mass, they were like, if we don't see you, just wear your mask until you get there and it'll be fine. And we were yeah. like, we're going out. We've made it, <laughs> you know, we're not going back tomorrow. If you guys get in trouble, you get in trouble. But, uh, yeah, that was the, that was, the the final, final hangout. Yeah. So. so what was your biggest surprise the whole, whole time this time from the entire experience? The biggest surprise was, I mean, I knew it would be grueling, but I didn't know it would be like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That was shockingly painful <laughs> physically. Yeah. As a matter of fact, on filming days, I checked my watch when I was done and I'd walk six miles in that room around the table, yeah. just around the table, yeah. six miles. Holy smokes. Yeah. People don't really think about the physical element to something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially when you're trying to condense weeks worth of work into seven to eight hours. Right. I called, I called Jason on the way home and I said, get me in a a chiropractor appointment first thing tomorrow. I was worried my back wasn't going to last up because it's so grueling, all that heavy lifting and moving around and you have to contort yourself into different positions and you're sleeping in a different bed for weeks on end. Yeah. What what kind of shoes are you wearing and the kitchen? I bought tennis shoes specifically for the show so I could be as comfortable as I could. And there's some weird brand. I don't even know what they were. (laughs) They worked. They did the trick. So is it hard to keep the outcome a secret when people, you know, inevitably they want to know how you did, right? When you get home. Yeah. You won't believe how many people are like, so just tell me. You can tell me. Yeah. Yeah, You can tell me. Um, Obviously, Jason knew, my husband knew, because he was the one who had to pick me up from the airport. Sure. He would call. We couldn't talk because of the time difference. It would be like two o'clock in the morning by the time I got home. And he'd say, all right, am I picking you up tomorrow? Nope. Okay. (laughs) You know, week after week. So. Um, and I couldn't tell my kids, obviously, because oh, they would tell everybody. That's right. But yeah, Jason knew. <laughs> but it's been hard. And then when my kids watched the last episode, they were distraught and John cried. And oh, no, really? I was like, no, be proud. I made it this yeah. far. I didn't go home the first round this time. I mean, to final three is nothing to sneeze at. That was right. amazing. Right. Uh, so do you ever do any kind of like, I guess, Monday morning quarterbacking on a lot of stuff when you kind of watch back and say, oh, we should have done that differently? Or there's always room to kind of criticize how you did something. Yeah. Well that, and there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes that I can't talk about. And that hurts because it's like, uh, we really didn't do that on purpose. We just didn't have a choice. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so, but that's just, you got to suck it up and deal with that's TV, you know, just as TV. Um, that, that was a learning lesson. Here's something though. Those haunted objects I thought were fake. Mm -hmm. They were not really because after I got home, I don't remember how many weeks later, I got a message from the executive producer about something I had to, I needed to submit. And I said, I had a horrible experience at the hotel, by the way. Um, there was some weird ghostly activity that happened, and I know I'm not the only one. Yeah. And so I mentioned it to him, and he was like, yeah, that's interesting because a lot of people had experiences because I kept the haunted objects at the hotel. I was like, so you're telling do me that. those were real? 
I mean, wh- why would they actually use real haunted objects? Yeah. But I'm I'm glad I didn't. I made Travis go and touch it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't touch it. I was like, you go get it. We'll use it on the on the cake. But I'm not touching that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I kind of wonder if that's what what was up. Yeah. But also a, a really terrible horror film was on that sound stage and apparently there's some stuff that happens there anyway oh, and the geez. girl that was closing it down by herself one night all this music started playing on the loudspeakers and she she was alone in the building she Out of she recorded it and yeah. then ran ran uh-huh. yeah that's 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 right so you do it again you think oh yeah okay. i just i need to breathe first yeah. well that's, that's yeah i think that's fair uh, what are some projects that you'd like to look at going towards the future well that's the thing it's like this was the top you know, you, you have goals or whatever in life. Mm-hmm. Um, this was not one that I even considered because I figured it was not attainable, hmm. strangely. Yeah. I just thought, well, I'll never, that'll never happen. So I just didn't even entertain the idea. But it would have been like my number one bucket list wow. for me cake-wise. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, now what? <laughs> I don't know. I wish that they would bring our team back. For something, they I do those redemption with... things, you know. A lot of reality shows or like Forged and Fire stuff like that. People that are like, they just you know miss out, but the team's uh-huh. really good. They'll you know bring back teams. To I know, do but stuff. they've never done that with Halloween Wars. I'm I like, know. come on, so stop. Let's let's say uh, yeah, let's. Can we get this out to those people? <laughs> <laughs> so, with that being said, I mean, what what are your kind of goals going in the next ten years? Not to sound like your guidance counselor, but I mean, <laughs> like, what do you want to do? Uh, yeah, you know. It, it's interesting because I don't, I'm not a goal setter. Yeah. I never have been. I've always liked the twists and turns of life and seeing where it opens. Mm-hmm. I don't like to be, um, I don't want to be in a box where I feel like I have to do this by the time I do, you know, because there's a certain letdown that comes with that. Mm-hmm. So if I let it unfold organically, then it's like I haven't boxed myself into, I want to be on Halloween Wars, and that's my number one goal. Because there might be something else out there like that that's right. beyond this, and that's what's leading me there. And it's kind of funny because I have seen more things open up mm-hmm. since this um, that I thought, wow, I never even considered that a possibility, you know? Yeah. So well, cool. We'll see. Well, what's your next project right now? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> I did a. I had to do a life-size German Shepherd holding a soccer ball last week, and um, the soccer ball may have been the number one hardest thing I've ever made in my whole life. Something round, really? Yeah, Why? but all those because oh, it's mathematical. Oh yeah, I'm like I'm with you. I was only warm with half of my brain I too. Don't you do. know, yeah, I don't, yeah, that's that's beyond me. And then we had to drive with it up to North. North Georgia, and it melted because I turned the heat on in my car instead of the air conditioning. Lessons we learn. (laughs) (laughs) So because of that, I can't think ahead to what I'm doing. I don't even know. I don't even know what's on. I'm I'm doing stuff. You're always pleasantly surprised, though. Yeah, and I like, uh, you know, my brother and I have some few, a few things in mind that we want to do at the gallery, and I like those because I get to choose what I do. Yeah, yeah. And I love it when clients come to me and say, whatever you want to do. That's magic. Yeah, Well, w- that's wonderful when words. they get the top of the Yeah. Top. I mean, that's where my big stuff came from. So give me creative license. Yeah. Aces. You will be pleasantly surprised. Yes. All right. Well, thank you again for coming by. I appreciate it. Sure. 